think it was a nervous response. He means the body. It twitched. It's its eyes open. I don't know. It spazzed out. Spazzed out. out. Totally. But I swear to God, we did not move it from that lab. We sure to the hell, I mean, heck, didn't damage it in any way. And even if we did, Mr. Miner here would have seen us, wouldn't he? Screaming like banshees. <laughs> Welcome everyone to My Bleeding Ears Podcast. This is episode number 53. My name is Larry and I'm your host as always and plus joining me today as always too is Jessalyn. Hello everyone. Uh, We got a few things to talk about uh, because we had to leave some stuff out last time because I was kind of sick and I couldn't talk speak that for a for that long, you know, I was coughing up a lung. I had to, yeah, I had to heavily edit that whole episode because I had to take a break every 10 minutes and go kind of throw up. Yeah, if you think you heard the worst of the coughing, you didn't. No, it was horrible, man. It, it, <laughs> uh, it rivals the, the scene in Alien where he starts coughing up and the alien pops out of his chest. <laughs> it was kind of like that, but no alien. Right. But anyway, you know, we watched a lot of stuff this last week while I was sick too. It was a good time to start watching things when you're sick. Uh, we finished up the second season of Ozark. It's a TV show that is on Netflix and you can check it out right now along with season one. I really liked uh, the second season. This is awesome. I think it's better than the first. It takes you a little further into things. Um, so what did you think of the second season compared to the first? I think I like them both equally, so I must have liked season one more than you did. Uh-huh. I was always impressed with Jason Bateman. I feel like Jason Bateman yeah. was like, I'm going to show everybody that I can act. And, and I, yeah, I'm not going yeah. to play that same character I've been playing since Arrested Development, for right. the most part. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you haven't heard of this show, it's about a, a financial advisor who takes his family from Chicago to the Missouri Ozarks. And he's got to launder about $500 million in like five years to appease uh, uh, the Mexican drug cartel for the most part. And we get to meet some new characters in this season. We get to meet um, the drug cartel's lawyer, mm-hmm. who is played by the same uh, uh, char- actor who played Jessica Jones's mother in the Je- Jessica Jones season two. And she was awesome in this as she, she was. was. And Jessica Jones. And in this, she's like, my professionalism goals. I want to be her. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and even the the character of Laura Linney, who plays Wendy Bird, uh, Jason Bateman's wife, she really steps up in this season also. And uh, I don't want to ruin it too much. Right. But uh, the the ending is is like a Godfather kind of ending, I, I think. So it's a it's it's pretty cool uh, series. I like it. It's really kind of drab and joyless, though. Yes. So it's probably a series I'll only watch once. You know, it's not uh, yeah, there's no, nothing happy about this. <laughs> I agree. I'm not going to go back and watch this again, whereas I'm almost through Haunting of Hill House in a second time. Oh, wow. I didn't, <laughs> yeah. Wow, jeez, you love that show. I huh? do, I do. <laughs> but yeah, this is not the kind of show, at least for me, and sounds like you, that I can watch again. The acting is great in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in love with the 
the Ruth Langmore character, who's played by Julia Carner. Uh, so definitely check this this season out, and the first season too, of course. Uh, it's definite A for me. Me too. And then we saw a few movies too. Um, we I think we just picked this one because uh, we saw a couple recognizable faces on the cover. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's a London. Which one? Yeah, uh, it's called Night World. It stars Jason London, Robert England, and that's pretty much it with the the people that you would recognize in this movie. I, yeah. I didn't recognize really anyone else. It was filmed in Sofia, Bulgaria. I think ah. that, so they're all Bulgarian actors. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Except for Jason London and Robert England. That's yeah. the union right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the synopsis is, when a former LAPD officer takes a job as a head of security at an old apartment building in Bl- Bulgaria's capital, Sofia... He soon begins to experience a series of bizarre and terrifying events. Once he begins to delve deeper into the building's sinister history and investigate its shadowy owners and past employees, Brett soon uncovers a malevolent force nestled deep in the bowels of the building that will do anything to be set free into our world. Uh, It's directed by Patricio Valladeres. I don't know, I've never really heard of him, I'm just happy I kind of probably pronounced that correctly, maybe. Yeah, I didn't recognize anything that he had done, or the writer either. Yeah, uh, this movie's kind of forgettable. Yeah. Uh, it's not all that great. Better than I thought it would be. True, true. I, I thought it was just going to be by-the-numbers kind of horror movie, mm-hmm. and it kind of is. It's okay. Uh, don't go out of your way to see this. Um, redeeming qualities, Robert England plays a blind guy. Yeah, but you can't, I mean, you can't trust, if Robert England's in it, that doesn't mean it's good. Exactly. The right. money's there, Robert England will show up for your movie. Yeah, and he'll talk your goddamn ear yeah. off, too. And that's fine. <laughs> oh, There's man. nothing wrong with that. Oh, yeah. I would just love him to read me bedtime stories or just <laughs> or just have him talk to me while I'm on my way to work or something. Yeah, but even showing up for a paycheck, I'd do the same thing, honestly. <laughs> Uh, then we checked out Slice, finally. Yes. Uh, it's available on Amazon right now, Amazon Prime. Uh, it has Zazzy Beats, and it's Chance the Rapper. Zazzy. Zazzy, Zazzy. <laughs> no, she's very specific about how to pronounce her name. Well, the chance is she's probably not going to listen to this podcast, so I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll call her what a goddamn please. You never know. I love you, Zazzy Beats. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you got a few other recognizable people. You have Chris, uh, Chris Parnell walking around. Uh, you got what's his face? That guy with the gap in his teeth, the comedian guy, Paul Shear. Paul that's Shear, his name. Yeah. yeah, he's mm-hmm. in there too. And it's um, it's uh, when a ple- uh, pizza delivery driver is murdered on the job, the city searches for someone to blame: ghosts, drug dealers, a disgraced werewolf. Who knows? <laughs> uh, it's I. You know, I think the premise is funny. And actually, I'd never heard of it, and then I read a rave review about it. Um, and I was interested in Chance the Rapper because who isn't? Mm-hmm. Um, this is his first feature-length film. Right. And, and actually, the writer and director has really only done music videos for Chance the Rapper. Oh, wow. So I think he created this as kind of a vehicle for Chance. And he's good in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I maybe built it up too much in my head. The premise is great. There's this whole idea of um, a section of town that's all ghosts and they're discriminated against and stereotyped, which is interesting. Uh (laughs) Um, But I just don't think... It's supposed to be a horror comedy. Right. I'm not sure they pulled off either one. Uh, Yeah, it wasn't really all that funny. Yeah. Uh, They were trying for too many things, and they executed them all kind of poorly. Yeah. They had all the pieces there. I mean, the filmmaking is good. Yeah. Um, The acting is okay, so you had... 
the right parts for this puzzle, but it was just put together incorrectly, I think. Yeah, it was okay. I give it, I'll give it a B minus, because I love you, Zazie Beats. No. <laughs> uh, I give it a C minus. Uh, I, I guess I expected a little more out of it, and it was just a okay kind of movie. And yeah. wasn't I? I got you know. Yeah, I guess it was kind of maybe built up for me a little bit too. Uh, and then I read some of the reviews and saw like the uh, some of the ratings on it, and I was like, oh, okay. Then that kind of lowered my expectations a little bit. But then it also maybe opened my eyes to some of the the missteps that were taken. Yeah. So um, I'd say watch it. It's available on Amazon Prime for free. Yeah, it's free. Fuck it, watch yeah. it. Yeah. Another movie that we watched on Amazon Prime that I probably seen about a dozen times where we're like fuck it let's just put it on because it's funny is the movie dolls yeah <laughs> uh, it's by Stuart gordon it was uh filmed in 1987 and it's about a group of people uh stop by a mansion during a storm and discover two magical toy makers and their haunted collection of dolls uh, of course you know dolls come to life yeah the first time i watched this i remember um my cousin katie hi katie and I got grounded on New Year's Eve, but mm-hmm. we were able to rent a bunch of movies, and this was one of them. <laughs> I think I, I caught this on a cable TV station one time with my parents. We watched it, and I loved it. And I'm sure, and I I think you love it too, because the movie's only like 79 minutes long, oh, and that's perfect, perfect yeah. for you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's funny. I laugh out loud at certain points. Yeah, yeah, it's... It, I. It does what it's supposed to do, yeah. you know? And, yeah, some of the effects now are kind of cheesy, but they look pretty good back then. Yeah. And it is kind of scary. Like, these dolls are actually kind of like little monsters. And the little punch guy is kind of creepy, too. Yes, punch is super <laughs> creepy, just in general, but yeah. Uh, and I like this movie, too, because they have the one guy from um, RoboCop 2 in it. Uh, the cop, the real, like, the, the, the one cop... Uh, he, he's the, uh, what's his face in this movie? He plays, um, Ralph. Oh. His name's, uh, Stephen Lee, and he's also in RoboCop 2. He's, like, a shitty cop, and RoboCop beats the <laughs> fuck out of him. It's the whole part. He's like, where is Kane? And he throws him through, like, arcade machines and shit. <laughs> <laughs> so he kind of plays the same character in these roles. Uh, the next movie that we watch, too, is Don't Knock Twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, I believe, is available on Netflix, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, uh, it's about a mother desperate to reconnect with her troubled daughter becomes embroiled in the urban legend of a demonic witch. Uh, it's directed by Caradog W. James. Come on, that can't be a real name, can it? I guess it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an adoption agency or something. <laughs> Uh, this movie has Katie Sackhoff in it, who you will probably know from Oculus and Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. Lucy Boynton plays Chloe. She's from uh, Gypsy. Yeah, that's a show with uh, uh, the other Australian who's not Nicole Kidman. Uh, the Ring. Why? Oh, uh, Naomi Watts? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. It's been a long day. <laughs> uh, yeah, this movie, I was actually kind of surprised by it. I liked it. It was There were some good scary parts in it. Yeah. Although it did kind of follow a formula in a, in a way. It still worked quite well, and the, the scares were pretty good. Uh, I do get kind of sick of the why doesn't my parent why don't my parents believe me kind of bullshit you know yeah. I think that's been played out too long and with logic I'm sure you can guess that your daughter didn't do this but in this case um, the premise is that Jess Katie Sackoff just got her daughter back as a teenager uh-huh. she gave her up when she was five or six no maybe a little old like ten maybe, oh, okay maybe a little older than that. 
So here I kind of understand the I don't believe my daughter because they don't really know each other that well at right. this point. But I agree. Right. Yeah. Well, the mother gave up because she was, I guess, a, into drugs and yeah. just not running with the right crowd. And just took her took her a while to get back on her feet. And when she did, it took her even kind of longer to get her daughter back because... Um, I don't know why. Maybe because she wanted to get her life on track first. Yeah. And get settled in a place. And she ends up, like, marrying a rich guy. Mm -hmm. And she's able to be an artist so she can do whatever she wants and has that free time and not have to worry about a child kind of thing. And go for go for her dreams of being a, uh, someone who does sculptures, you know. Right. But, yeah, I was kind of surprised by this. It was actually a pretty decent movie. Yeah, <laughs> I, I liked it, too. I wasn't expecting too much out of it. And the ending is pretty cool, and just the twists in there are, are decent. So mm -hmm. I would definitely say check this one out. Yeah. And our we have a Halloween tradition. Well, I do, at least, have a Halloween <laughs> tradition. And mine is to watch Dawn of the Dead on Halloween. And so I asked Jessalyn, like, hey, let's both of us pick a movie uh, for us to watch. And she chose the Blair Witch Project. And we watched it last night. We started out with Blair Witch because that's a shorter movie. And mm -hmm. I stay up kind of later. So I'm done. And I like to watch the extended cut of Dawn of the Dead. So <laughs> that one's like almost two and a half hours long. So we watched Blair Witch. And one thing that I, I just came across while watching it is that this movie was so much more effective when I saw it in the theater. Uh, when I saw it in the theater, everyone was quiet. There wasn't a peep in that crowd because everyone was scared shitless when this movie when it came out. And I think with the surround sound and the darkness and everything really just got you into that movie and put you with them in that forest getting lost. Because you've ne and you'd never really seen anything like it before. Mm -hmm. Right, right. When I saw it in the theaters, you know, because it's the birth of the found footage horror movie. Kind of. Kind of, yeah. Cannibal Holocaust. Whatever, whatever yeah. What, this is found footage. But, yeah. This is kind of known as the birth of the found footage horror. Um, I wasn't scared in the theaters. I was actually really? a little annoyed. Well, stick with me now. Okay. I was. I walked out of that theater going, well, that wasn't really that scary. I mean, it was interesting. I think I liked it. I got home, and then I slept with the lights on because I'm so <laughs> scared. <laughs> yeah, because it's all, it's all fucking noises. That's all yeah. it is for the most mm -hmm. part, you know. And those kind of noises you can just hear anywhere, too. So Yeah. Uh, is there a reason why you picked that film? I hadn't seen it in a while. Really? And I always remember, well, A, I remember my grandpa saw it before I did, <laughs> and he hated it so much. It made him angry. <laughs> he said that, I, I don't even remember what he said, but piece of shit, I think, was in there. <laughs> um, and then I saw it, and maybe that had biased my opinion, because well, I was yeah. like, eh, it's fine. And so I wanted to go back to it. it it's kind of seen as a classic. Yeah, um, So yeah, I wanted absolutely. to go back and watch it as a classic. And I do enjoy it a lot more now. I enjoy the movie. I still enjoy it, even though it's not in the theater and that whole effect isn't there anymore. But yeah, I still enjoy it. But with my pick, I still kind of pick up things after re-watching re it for like the 108th time. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I kind of picked up a little more on is the beginning where there are the two guys are talking in the radio station and all hell's kind of breaking loose during the zombie apocalypse, which you really don't get too much of. You usually get right after, uh, especially like with The Walking Dead and uh, uh, yeah. Day of the Dead and Night of the Living Dead. You kind of kind of see it, uh, well, maybe not Night of the Living Dead, but you see it like right 
where everything has gone to shit and everyone's on their own. But with Dawn of the Dead, it's beginning of the really bad shit that's going yeah, on. It's just starting to get really really bad. bad. Mm-hmm. So after listening to those two guys uh, talk on that show in the beginning, I really listened to the one guy, and he was pretty much saying, and not in as many words, saying that these people who have died and have come back have been should have been put down right away, but with religion and everything, kind of wanting to have more respect for people, even though they're dead but still walking around kind of really exacerbated the whole situation of the zombie apocalypse happening. Because if they would have just shot everyone in the head right away, then I don't think the outbreak would have been as bad. Right. Or it would have been deterred in a way. Right. And also the emotional attachment. Like, I could I kill my mom in a zombie apocalypse? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I really kind of just listened to that and thought about that throughout the movie too. How this possibly could have been averted if certain other steps were taken mm-hmm. even though they might have been i don't know uh, not as respectful to people it's still something that should have happened way earlier and but then we wouldn't have had a movie and <laughs> and then mm-hmm. my halloween would have sucked because i would have just watched blair witch yeah this time it kind of <laughs> felt like wow i'm watching the news now <laughs> this is how i feel it's, it's coming everybody <laughs> yeah one of these days <laughs> you're listening to the prescribed films podcast network home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment the shows on this network all have a common goal providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media the pfpn hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Our movie of the week is the 1987 action horror sci-fi thriller, The Hidden. It's directed by Jack Shoulder, who some might know as the guy who directed uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Widely known as the worst Nightmare on Elm Street. And he seemed completely oblivious to its gay under-slash-overtones. Yeah, even like years <laughs> later, he didn't know what he was making. Even <laughs> the star of the movie knew exactly what he was it's, doing. It seemed like everyone knew what they were yeah. doing. <laughs> The movie starts out with the audience um, watching uh, what looks like surveillance video of a bank. And then soon a a guy wearing a trench coat walks into the bank and starts shooting it up, steals a bunch of money, and he takes off in like a black Ferrari and cops soon follow him, you know, like a few seconds later. 
And while he's doing this, too, he's also, like, blasting heavy metal while he's driving right. and evading the police. The cops end up, you know, catching him, and uh, he exits the vehicle, and they just blow him away. Because he, he shot up a few people, and he's just blazing through the streets of... Uh, I want to say this is L.A. I didn't catch uh, where it was exactly. I like it because this whole scene of the car chase and everything, he's blasting, like, this heavy metal music. But it doesn't keep playing throughout the whole chase. It's just confined to um, different levels of uh, the audio. Uh, they'll have the level of audio when it's outside of the car. and But you're able to see his car and then there's another car chasing him. So you slightly hear the music. And then the, the, the shot will change to him in the car and then the music's level is back up. I really liked how they did that in this movie. Cause, so it's just not like a, a chase and with like this music playing in the background and and you know it really works in that way especially for this character that we've just met you know we know nothing about him other than um some of the cops were were found out a few things and they're like yeah he was just a regular kind of guy and he snapped like a few days ago and robbed mm-hmm. a bunch of banks and killed a bunch of people so you really don't know like what's happening with this guy other than he likes heavy metal money and shooting people right that's when we get, uh, well, the cops blow him away, but he lives, right? That's when we meet Beck, a.k.a. Michael Nuri, who I kind of associate him as the low-rents Chris Sarandon of, <laughs> of film land here. We get, we're interested in him. He's a detective along with his partner. Uh, his name is uh, Willis. He's played by Ed O'Ross. He's a really interesting-looking guy. You can't mistake him for anyone else. He's been in tons of TV and movies, you may remember him mostly from uh, Lethal Weapon. There's a scene kind of in the beginning where he's like the drug dealer guy, and he goes to that dance club, and he meets the the main bad guy and Mr. Jonathan. Joshua. Joshua, right. And that's where Joshua puts that lighter under his arm to show him he's not fucking around. It's yeah, that guy. It's that guy. You guys are all out to fl- fucking Pluto, man. You're gone. <laughs> yeah, he starts bitching and complaining all the way <laughs> yeah. out the door. That guy. I love that guy, man. He's yeah, in everything. He makes me laugh every time. <laughs> After that, we're introduced to... Um, we go to the police station and we're introduced to FBI agent Lloyd Gallagher, who is played by Kyle MacLachlan, who you may know from all sorts of movies. Yeah. Uh, what's that? Twin Peaks, he was a big part of, and he just shows up every once in a while and kind of looks the same, you know. He put on a few more pounds, but he looks, he looks still pretty young, you yeah. know. Still a pretty young guy in the, in the things that we're seeing now. Showgirls, let's not forget. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about Showgirls. <laughs> showgirls. <laughs> no regrets, right, Kyle? Yeah, <laughs> except for the sex scene in the... The, in the, in the, the most the, bizarre sex scene I've ever seen. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the guy who's got to clean that pool. All right. uh, so the captain, uh, Clue Gulliger, who, we, of course, we know from uh, Return of the Living Dead... Feast, tons of low-budget stuff. Yeah. He just pops up every once in a while. Uh, tells him to re- report to uh, Detective Beck. And Lloyd uh, is told that the guy who was killed, uh, he was looking for, his name is uh, DeVries. Uh, and he said he's in the hospital, he's all messed up, and he's probably not going to survive the night. So this FBI agent who we're thought to of uh he's supposed to be uh on the case of devries i guess right he hears about that so he heads right over to the hospital um that's where we cut to the scene where devries wakes up and he extubates himself because he's really fucked up 
and uh, he sees another patient beside him who just had like a uh, heart attack, and he's like bad acid reflux. It totally destroyed his like his different valves and grafts in his heart. I could go on and on about hearts too. I work in the hospital; I'll be bored to death. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he sees this other patient, and he gets up to him, and he opens his mouth, and out comes this slug, insect, slimy-looking thing, and it goes into the other guy's mouth, and DeVries dies on the floor. So what we're getting being shown is that there's this alien inside of this guy, and then he's transferred over to another body right. to survive, because this other body got shot up really bad. So not knowing the condition of this other guy, he just throws up a, a slug into the other guy, a big one too, into yeah. this other guy. Which I, it's disgusting. You know? <laughs> yes, it is. But it right away explains why the first guy didn't have a record of any kind. Right, why right. he just snapped, because he had a parasite inside him. Exactly, yeah. Which is really, I mean, the 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 uh, special effects for that are really cool and how they did that. And it's just really, like, gross. And I don't know, I guess I'm not a big fan of, like, lobsters, you know, because they kind of look <laughs> fucked up, you know? They got those eyes that come out and feelers and just hairs and shit. It kind of reminded me of that, but a lot slimier. Yeah, so they, well, monsters yeah. are like the giant bugs of the ocean. Yeah, That's like the are. roaches yeah. of the fucking... <laughs> Gross. And they're delicious. <laughs> uh, so the cops show up, and um, Lloyd, uh, the FBI agent, informs Beck that the man who was with DeVries in the same room are actually together and are in on everything together. Mm-hmm. And Beck is like, really? And that doesn't make sense because this guy only has like some parking tickets. Yeah. So the, the manhunt for this guy goes on. His name is Jonathan Miller, and he's played by William Boyette. Uh, when I saw he was in uh, Newsies, one of your favorite movies, I don't know what part he was. Me neither. <laughs> you love that movie. Ooh, the Judge. I think The Judge. Yeah, the, that's, that's, that's what I read, yeah. too. And he was in that movie Deliberate Stranger, which is the uh, uh, Ted Bundy movie that you should watch oh, with Mark Hartman. Yeah, I should. I remember watching that, yeah, and... 80s, jeez, <laughs> that was a while ago. <laughs> uh, we were then introduced into the in the police station to a uh, a senator who is in town to make a speech that, and everyone thinks that he's going to announce his presidential bid, and he's flanked by Lynn Shea, so yep. she pops up in a movie again. Uh, of course, this movie is produced by Bob Shea, so, right? Yeah. It's New Line Cinema, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, Jonathan Miller, the guy who gets infected, he leaves the hospital and he goes to, like, this record store and he steals some tapes and money and he murders the record store owner, the bastard. <laughs> and, um, he goes and he, uh, goes to this, uh... Car dealership. Uh, like this, uh, this, yeah, upscale car dealership. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is probably one of my favorite parts it's of It's mine, movie. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he goes there and he's like, I really like this car, I want this car, and, like, the, the, the dealer is like, hey, this guy's buying the car. And the other guy, and they're all, like, kind of greasy dudes, you know. Like, hey, bada boy, get the fuck away from my car. He kind of, yeah, those guys. They go in the back and snort a bunch of cocaine. Right, yeah. Like, hey, hey, Ferrari, you want to do a... Yeah, and the cocaine's, like, in this little model car on his desk, like, in the <laughs> yeah. trunk. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, of course, they, they, uh, they send out their big black guy. Because every 80s movie, whenever you needed something done... You needed to send a big black guy to take care of it. Watch, I swear to God, watch an 80s movie. So they do that. Uh, he ends up killing the big guy and shoots the other two guys, takes the car he wanted, probably 
with a lot of cash too. And <laughs> all, that, sorry. No, go for it. Go for it. It's just all he ever says is, "I want this car." I want this car. I need the keys. <laughs> <laughs> then he says thank you though before he blasts That's him. Right? right? He blows him away. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> And then, yeah, and he steals a uh, red Ferrari this time and throws in the tapes that he stole from the record <laughs> store, and they're all metal tapes. And that's where you get to figure out that, okay, this alien is... This is kind of weird for, like, a movie we haven't seen before, where, like, the alien's just kind of weird and walking down the street not knowing what to do, yet this guy loves fast cars, mm-hmm. he loves heavy metal music, and he doesn't give a fuck, yeah. which is... Awesome! I love that part of this movie, where it's just not this fish-out-of-water thing. Yeah, and I just wanted to add that William Boyette, I think, does the best job of acting like this parasite is wearing him. Right, I mean, yeah. it's pretty clear that this is just a meat suit. I think that William Boyette does a great job. <laughs> he, he really does. <laughs> yeah. he, he does an awesome job in this movie. <laughs> so Lloyd, the FBI agent... Um, and Beck are together, and they start to search for Jonathan Miller because uh, people gave a description of him, and then Beck started to believe the FBI agent. So he doesn't understand anything at all. He's just asking the FBI agent, hey, what's going on? He's not really answering any questions. And it's getting really weird because this guy's not acting, you know, quite human, really. Mm-hmm. So uh, You really notice that at dinner, the way he eats... It's almost childlike. Right, yeah, yeah. It's it's like a struggle for him to eat. I mean, shit's not falling out of his mouth or anything. It's just taking him a really long time to eat. And people are asking him questions. It's taking him even longer to answer, too. Mm -hmm. After the alien steals the car and everything, he goes to the the guy who's going to buy the Ferrari. He goes to his house, and we find out he's a gun runner. And our gun smuggler or whatever. So he comes into a big arsenal of, of guns and rifles and stuff. But at that same time, the alien, the body that he inhabited, is shutting down in front yeah. of him because of the, the, the coronary that he has. Right. And he needs to find a new body. So he leaves there and he, he ends up at a strip club. <laughs> and before that, uh, before we get into the strip club, though, back the detective uh, asks, um, what's his face? the FBI agent, to come home with him to meet his family and mm-hmm. have dinner because they're working on a tough case right now. Might as well have a hot meal and somewhere to lay down. Uh, he comes to the house and meets his daughter, and the daughter's kind of like, whoa, who's this guy? You know, and just really quiet when he meets her for some reason. We don't know why. And uh, we meet the Beck's wife, and she asks him a bunch of questions too, and we find out that the person that they're following or the people that they're following killed his partner and killed his family also so right. he has a reason why he's going after this alien and that's where we kind of figure out that yeah he's an alien too but we don't know if he's the same kind of alien either because uh well later on we figure out why but after that uh yeah well and the the little girl kind of stares him down and later on at dinner, he says, your little girl's very, very special. special. And at first you just think, oh, because like he had a daughter that got killed. But, but at the end of the movie, which we'll get to. Yeah, it explains it maybe special. a little more. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they find the Ferrari at the strip club and the alien guy's hanging out there, you know, bleeding all over the place. He's about to die. So he needs another body. He goes to the back of the strip club, and that's where we that's where we meet with Claudia Christian. 
Uh, I've known her from uh, this movie Arena, which I think I'm going to do on this podcast at some point, probably next year. Early next year, I'm going to do Arena. She's in that. She was in like Babylon 5. Uh, this movie Hexed, which is like a 90s comedy, and it was pretty bad, but I remember I watched it when I was a young kid. It's not that great. Okay. She does video game voice work, oh, too. I want to say tons. Fallout. Yeah, she does tons. a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. she does tons of voices for video video games. So we get to meet her, and the uh, alien switches bodies to her, so the um, William Boyette character dies in the strip club. And Claudia Christensen, the stripper, leaves, and um, she meets, like, this one low-life guy. He's like, hey, man, I'm going to, you know... You like cars, baby? You know, I got a nice car. And she's <laughs> she kind of smirks. And she smirks like, oh, okay. And then she, they go to his car and they're fucking and, like, she kills him. I don't know how she kills him, though. And that annoys me. I, <laughs> I just like my causes of death to be a little more obvious in my movies. Like, how do you fuck someone to death? Was it a heart attack? What? Why was he screaming so much before he died? I don't understand. See, I think she broke his neck. That's why the screaming stopped after a while. But, but what who was knows? he screaming about in the first place? I don't place? know. Maybe his dick bent one time when she went down on him. Maybe. That's what I'm thinking. Then <laughs> you said something else about the strip club, too. Why don't, you, why don't you tell everyone? Oh, well, when you first see her, she's on stage. And I said, she's wearing, like, a jacket and shorts and a shirt and boots and I was like that is the most heavily clothed stripper I've seen <laughs> in my entire life. And spoiler alert right now, there are no boobs in this movie. So no. yeah. So the whole strip through club. the shirt, yeah. Yeah, but they're not bare though. And no. then there's a standard I have, okay, for breasts. <laughs> <laughs> breast standard. I have the yeah. breast standard of anyone. So I did quip about the amount of clothing she was wearing that she never actually stripped off. No, no. Guess she didn't need it's to. Fine. I'm not complaining. It, it actually, I, I think I see why they did it, or maybe it was an accident. When she walks out of the strip club, she's wearing a dress where you can see almost her whole butt. Right, yeah. And I think that's, I mean, a cue, an even bigger cue to like, oh, that's not her anymore. Right, yeah, yeah. exactly. And Lloyd, the, the FBI agent, figures that out too, so him and Beck, he tries to explain to Beck, like, yeah, she's in it on it too. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. How is this possible? And so yeah. they, they chase her and they find her. And this is when Beck completely, well, not completely, but he's just, he just doesn't know what the fuck's going on because they're shooting at the stripper and she's not reacting to any of the shots that she's taking. And he's just like dumbfounded by it. He's like, why isn't she going down or why isn't she reacting? They go to the roof. Um, that's when Lloyd pulls out this fucking sex toy looking silver object from his pocket and I guess it's like an alien gun or something that's supposed to destroy aliens. So he starts pointing it at the <clears throat> at the stripper, and she starts kind of like and like nothing really happens, and she's kind of telling um, Lloyd like you're not gonna be able to catch me and fuck you kind of thing. And I'm not coming out. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're having like their their little thing going on, and then she takes a swan dive off the top of the building, mm-hmm. and. Of course, they can't follow her right away, and Beck's asking Lloyd all these questions, like, what the fuck, you know, what's going on? And they run downstairs, and before they can get there, this one lieutenant from the movie drives his car to the scene, and he has a dog with him, so the dog jumps out of the car and runs to the body first, and, of course, 
the alien transport uh, transports into that dog body. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, okay. Then the dog is doesn't escape. He walks with the <laughs> the lieutenant back to his car mm-hmm. and back to his home. Um, and that lieutenant, I've seen him in other movies too. I fuck, I don't remember where. I want to say it's like a Death Wish or something. Okay, yeah, but I've I definitely can't seen him. anything. Yeah, his name is Lieutenant Masterson. Let me get that. There we go. So after Beck can't really figure out what's going on, and Lloyd's really not telling him what's going on, he arrests Lloyd and he takes him to jail. He later questions him uh, after finding out that Lloyd isn't who he says he is, and he's not actually an FBI agent. He actually stole the identity from someone. Mm -hmm. And that's where Lloyd comes clean. He's like, hey, I'm an alien. He, uh, I'm from another planet, chasing, like, a bad guy from another planet. (laughs) And I've been chasing him for a long time. He killed my family, killed my partner, and now we're on Earth, and I'm still chasing him, and he has to be dealt with, or else, you know, aliens like this could take over the world if we don't stop him. After that whole scene, Master, uh, the dog ends up taking, uh, uh, cap, not capturing, but transporting the alien to the Lieutenant Masterson character. Mm-hmm. He does like a... Like, the Masterson was going to get, like, a hot... Not a hot dog, but something to drink out of the fridge at night, and the dog attacks him and just, like, kind of drop kicks him into the fridge. <laughs> and then sh- shoots the alien into his mouth, and there we go. Lieutenant Masterson's the bad guy now. Mm-hmm. Masterson ends up going to the uh, police station where Lloyd is held because he wants to kill Lloyd for him to stop chasing him and just to take care of him once and for all. And so now he's a cop. He can easily get into the station... Beck sees Masterson, and he's armed to the teeth. Like He's like, whoa, what's going on? He's like, take me to the other alien guy. And he's like, whoa. Then he starts to really believe now that, yeah, Lloyd is telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And this guy is the other alien. So Beck gets away from him while the other guy starts shooting everyone. And he shoots that one dude from Renegade, the, the Indian guy from Renegade. You ever watch Renegade? No, I don't. I didn't. Think so. I didn't watch Renegade either, but I knew it was like the Indian dude who was like Renegade's friend or partner or whatever. <laughs> okay. Native American. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, because I thought you meant Indian. No. Yeah. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> oh, you're real. Yeah. No. Oh, okay. I'm being serious. It annoys me when people say Indian when they're referring to Native American. No, okay. Well, why are we still doing that? I don't know, man. It, it, you know, we're programmed because we were programmed to do that for so long. That's why, and it's a hard thing to get over, and so. Especially now with people wanting wanting to be identified as like a certain gender and everything, we are we're programmed now for for just male and female and maybe one or two other genders that all these other ones are just new and it's it's not going to happen overnight where people are just going to be like all right there we go we're just going to say all this and and then yeah everyone's going to be happy it doesn't happen like that. It's going to take time, you know. We but started calling them Indians in the 1400s. Right. I, I realized I, pretty quickly after that that they were wrong. Yeah, but also being taught that they're called Indians in your school when you're growing up. Yeah. Yeah. What you're taught in school is going to stick with you. So, well, at least some things. I, mean, I still don't know shit about algebra. No, you're right about that. We're getting off track. But anyway, yeah. they shot the Native American guy. My apologies. And he wasn't even a big part of the movie. He just like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> gets blasted by Masterson. Yeah. Uh, Beck heads down and gets Lloyd. And he's like, yo, I believe you and everything. You have that, here's that weapon you want. And you know, that fucking stupid uh, little alien weapon that's supposed to kill the other alien. And that's when Masterson 
comes into the jail and oh hell, there's Danny Trejo. He's one of the yeah. uh, <laughs> like hey hippie. And then yeah, uh, Masterson blasts him. Yeah. Yeah. Boo. He didn't last very long in that movie. Uh, and Masterson also has a bazooka on him, too. Yeah. <laughs> He's just blowing shit up, and uh, Beck and Lloyd are in a cell, kind of trapped by Masterson. And then Masterson comes around the corner and is like, hello. And then they shoot him in the head, and like a, his bazooka shot goes and blasts out a wall, and he escapes. And so do uh, Beck and Lloyd. They go to follow him, and they see that Masterson's dead. But he was also with... Um, the, one of the other police officers that we spoke about earlier, the Edo Ross character, Willis, he took over the character Willis. And the, char- the Willis character is, is really interesting, too, because he's on most of the box art of the movie, even though he's yeah. really not even in it all that much. No. But he takes over, like, 85% of the whole box art. Right. Interesting. So, the Willis alien character ends up going to where that senator that we were talking about earlier was supposed to speak. And like, oh no, here we go. He's going to take over the senator. I just want to interject that we've also seen this little gun blow up drywall. Oh yeah. But when Kyle MacLachlan points it at Beck, Michael Nuri, to show him that it can't... uh, He points it at Beck and fires to show him that it does nothing for human flesh. Human flesh. He needs the parasite to come out. Right. So you have to be made out of drywall or whatever. Or alien. Juicy alien. Yeah. Or else, or else this thing's going to give you an erection, which it looks like it does to him. Like he just shoots him with it. He's kind of freaked out, just standing like, whoa. <laughs> it's, yeah, like a light show. Should I just sprinkle a little pee out of my pants? That's the kind of look it gave. Right. But it's an important point because it you is, are thinking, yeah. like, why don't you just shoot the human? Yeah. He's dead anyway. So, yeah, they have to wait till this alien gets out of the body to kill it. They can't yeah. kill it while it's in the body. Mm-hmm. So the Willis character um, ends up at where the senator is and there's been an APB out for him so everyone's like oh there's Willis and they start blasting him he's taking tons of shots and he ends up giving a quite a mortal blow to the character of Beck he shoots him a couple times in the stomach and he's out of action yeah and Willis escapes but he finds the senator and we don't get to see it but he you know the uh, alien goes into the senator's body and like, oh, here we go. This is, you know, this is how he's going to take over the world and everything. And, mm-hmm. and of course, the senator said he was going to be president. So, And Kyle MacLachlan, of course, is still alive, uh, Agent Lloyd, and sees that the, the character of Beck's fucked up, so he knows he has to kind of finish this by himself. Mm-hmm. And earlier in the movie, we're, we're introduced to a fire, a flamethrower in, like, a totally out-of-place scene. Oh, which yeah. I think they're, like, they shot the shit out of this movie, like, oh, fuck, how did this flamethrower get into the mix? Oh, let's give it to this guy and be like, hey, check what I just found out, a flamethrower. And then an hour later, it comes into play. Right. So the senator's um, up there giving a speech, saying that he wants to be president. And before he can finish, though, Lloyd is running down the hallway and running to go blast the senator with a flamethrower. But FBI and everyone else is taking shots at him while he's doing this, but of course he's an alien and doesn't really feel it. Mm -hmm. So he's just getting blasted. He flamethrows the fuck out of the senator, and we find out, of course, he's the alien. And then people start freaking out, and then he gets his little silver gun out, blasts the alien, and he... Made of drywall, too, it seems yeah. like. <laughs> That's when I said, well, the alien was made out of drywall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, explodes all over the place, and then our next scene we get to see uh, Lloyd is in the hospital with Beck, and Beck isn't looking too good, and he flatlines, and the um, Lloyd feels really bad because he's leaving um, mother and daughter behind, um, his wife and daughter behind, right. and it kind of it reminds him of you know him, so he feels bad, and he. He um, transports his alien life form, whatever it is. We really don't get to see it. It's just kind of like this gold sparkly dust coming out of his mouth. Yeah. And it goes into the Beck character. And the Lloyd character dies. And the Beck character comes back to life. And everyone's like, oh my god, he's alive. He should have died a long time ago. And, and the daughter looks at him skeptically for a minute and then she smiles, and so I think we're supposed to believe, because I thought immediately, well, what good does that do? He's not Beck anymore. He's, right, yeah. He's alien. But I think when the daughter smiles, we're meant to believe, oh, it is him. It was just the life force that brought him back to life. But right, I'm not right, sure. right. We're not exactly sure. Yeah. Because there is a sequel to this movie that oh. I've never seen, and I don't think it really picks up right after it, and none of the same characters are in either. Okay. But it did say, uh, I believe the daughter becomes a... a police officer also i want to say okay or an fbi agent and they go and search for another alien or some shit i don't know but all i can say is like if it is still the lloyd character inside the the beck body then dinners are gonna be fucking awkward man (laughs) long (laughs) as hell but uh yeah it'd be really weird man i just God, just having another person in someone else's body being someone else, which I think is what happened. I don't think his essence or whatever flowed into right. him and made him better. I think so, too. I like that it's kind of ambiguous, but yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, then that's the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Now, what were your thoughts the first time you saw it? I don't even remember the first time I saw it. <laughs> I mean, as I was watching it again this time, I thought, oh, right, okay, I've seen this before, definitely. So, I don't know. What were yours? Uh, well, I first saw this movie, I missed the first 10, 15 minutes of it, so I wasn't exactly sure what was going on. I think I picked it up right after the alien goes into the um, the first switcheroo that we get with the oh, alien. Oh, Okay. I think I caught it right after that the first time. And it was with my dad, I want to say. And we're like, hey, let's just watch this movie. And I was blown away by it. I was like, wow, this is fast-paced. Here's this bad guy character who goes into different bodies. And it's just something we don't see a lot of, of a villain getting shot up a lot. And kind of still taking damage. But... A lot of things we see now in like superhero movies or, or any villain that we have, he doesn't get hurt all that often. He just, you know, waves bullets away or chokes some dude from across like the fucking wherever they are. And so we get to see that this bad guy is vulnerable to a lot of the same things that humans are. And and I just really like that. You know, I we watch the Avengers and Thanos is there the whole time just fucking everything up or until the end where he gets messed up a little bit or just just look at any movie like that until the final battle that's when the bad guy finally starts to get hurt but this one's just kind of throughout he's getting shot i mean the squibs look great the acting of it looks great i you know there's no reaction that's going on which which is good that's Mm -hmm. what the alien's supposed to do so i really like that so yeah this movie really blew me away when i was a young kid i think i saw it when i was about nine or ten years old and it was just a great 
father, you know, son moment too, watching this kind of movie together. And I'm sure that probably that nostalgic feeling is going to give me, well, I'm giving this movie an A-. minus. Okay. Because I, I really like it, and I just like the whole story. I know it's not the newest or freshest idea of some bot- people being taken over by aliens. Of course, I mean, Vision from the Body Snatchers and everything. Right. But, but I, I just really like that aspect of it. Uh, my favorite part, or parts, are, like I said before, of just the alien just getting shot up, you know? Mm-hmm. it's I just really like that, just the seeing the vulnerability in, in, in that. Do you have a favorite part at all? Oh, it's the Ferrari part. <laughs> just, I want this car. I want this car. <laughs> <laughs> that so William Boyette, I think easily. Yeah, he was great. Part. He's so good. Kyle <laughs> McLaughlin too, because you realize pretty quickly just based on his motions and acting that right. this guy's not human either. Right, right. Yeah. So yeah, that's um, yeah. There's so many good parts to this film. It's I think it's a, a hidden gem, really. Nah, you didn't know about it all that much. No, and I give it a C plus. And I think there's just no nostalgia factor there for me. Right, I've right, never right. even heard of it, and it's fine. Right. Well, why, why C plus? Why? No, I'm sitting here like, why am I? I'm gonna describe to him why I give it a C plus, and I don't, I don't know. It just really just didn't do it for you. Didn't do it for me, but I can't pinpoint anything seriously wrong with it. No, okay. I mean there are things that I can joke about, like the drywall oh, yeah. joke. And yeah. The, well, that's well, you, you know any movie, yeah. any movie you can joke with, really. Right. I can. It's like a movie. I've yeah. said before, I can I can shit on any movie there is. Me Give too. me a movie, I can shit on it, really. Yeah, and I feel like even MST three three K and riff tracks are almost better when the movie's actually pretty good. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. True. Um, so I don't know. Me, I guess a B minus. It's just it's never something that I'll watch on my own. Right. Right. It's fine. Yeah. 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 Twenty one kills. Oh wow. Yeah. There's some. Uh, yeah. They're okay. They're decent kills. Nothing too. Nothing too great. You know, just your usual, getting shot kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, A minus for me. Uh, anything else? I just wanted to note two things that are only like New Line Cinema things. I wanted to clarify that I don't think Nightmare on Elm Street 2 is bad because it's gay. Right, it's no. It's bad because it's bad. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And I also wanted to make a correction from a previous show, Critters 2, I believe. Bob Shea is not dead. <laughs> Bob Shea's still alive. He's not dead. He's still kicking. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Clue Gulliger, too. He's still alive. And I thought you mentioned, when we were yeah. watching the movie, you thought he was dead. I but... did. I went, aww, because I thought, that guy's got to be dead. He's no. like 100. No. Nope. Maybe you're thinking James Caron, because they're both in... Return of Living no, Dead. No, I know the difference between those two. I he, know my he actors. just died. I thought they could have been dead for a while, but I was wrong. Corpses. Still alive. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, for sticking around with us for this week. We will be back next week with episode number 54. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't picked the episode just yet, but I am putting together... I, I, know what, I know what movies are coming up. I just don't know the order yet. But we will get there, and I hope everyone had a great Halloween. Mine was pretty cool. You know, we just... Watch some movies and relax a bit. Yeah, we were lame. We didn't yeah. do anything, but it was nice. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. Mm-hmm. Watch some movies. Oh yeah, I finished The Walking Dead this last season too. Oh yeah, I yeah. gave up on The Walking Dead. What were yeah. your thoughts? Oh, it was fine. I, well, any show where you have the same idea going through the whole fucking thing, yeah, people are gonna get bored by it. But I thought it was fine. Like, yeah, I think they could have summed up a lot of the episodes into like. They could have made the season five episodes. Uh, No, that's what I need to do. I need to go back and just edit 
these seasons <laughs> into like five hour movies and it would be fine. <laughs> and that's like, all you need. Yeah, you you get get it. Get yeah. Not to shit on like what they're doing. I mean, they're doing some fine work there. And yeah, it's they're not getting the greatest ratings right now, but who gives a shit? My problem with The Walking Dead, I quit because it's just so joyless. I yeah, had a little is. bit. I know it's about the zombie apocalypse and that's not funny. I know. <laughs> but I need a little bit of levity, just a little, to keep me going. No, apocalypse, no levity. Sorry. Yeah, so I quit. <laughs> All right, thank you, everyone, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>